If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, this is Michael Rosenbaum, Lex Luthor, and you're listening to Always Hold On to Smallville. Welcome to Always Hold On to Smallville. On this podcast, we talk about each and every episode of the Young Superman show that ran from 2001 to 2011 on the WB and the CW. I'm your host, Zach Moore, and I'm joined this week by, from Krypton Site and KSAC TV, Mr. Craig Byrne. What's up, Craig? Hey, good to be on again. It's a historic day today. It is a historic day in Smallville history. I just want to be one of the first to congratulate Lex Luthor for winning president of the United States. What do, you, what do you think about Lex being elected today, Craig? What I find really interesting is they called the race in the middle of the day because when <laughs> Clark went to that roof, it was daylight out. <laughs> and he already has like an economic plan. I mean, Lex is really ahead of everything. That's true. That's true. So obviously we're joking about the Smallville series finale, which I spoil in almost every episode here, but this is a retrospective podcast. So hashtag deal with it, I guess, guys. But... Yeah, so the Smallville series finale flashes forward seven years from the quote-unquote present day of 2011, and we see Lois and Clark at the Daily Planet, and, and, and we see Lex Luthor on a computer screen that he was elected president on presumably Election Day, presumably 2018, because the super at the bottom says, Luthor elected president 2018, and it's been a joke for several years. <laughs> And this is the same world where you have a Smallville comic book that pretty much tells the story of Clark being Superman. That didn't make sense either. Yeah, that, that, it, we'll, we'll get to that in a few, a few years. But, but, but what did you, how did you take the fact that Lex was elected president in 2018? Because for a long time it was a joke like, do they, not, do they do math? Do they not understand when elections are? Do they not look ahead enough? Because mm. my, my thing is... My thing is Chloe's and Oliver's son, spoilers, was like seven, but he could have been five, right? right? And it wouldn't have changed anything. So I I think that's the only reason they chose to jump ahead seven years instead of five. And that would have been 2016, and that would have been perfect. 
I just feel like they were trying to do, like, you know, not represent the real world. Like, maybe the elections are those years. I mean, like, they had their senator race in season five. Did Kansas really have a senator race that year? Mm, I don't know. You know, maybe politics are totally different there in the Smallville universe. But the other thing is, maybe they didn't want to wait until, like, 2020. Or, I mean, 2016 would have made more sense. But, you know, because that's when people, you know, nominate people who have daddy issues into becoming president. And nobody has more daddy issues than Lex Luthor. But um, as we will see in this episode, uh, Covenant. But actually, Clark has daddy issues too with Jor-El. But, you know, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just feel like uh, they were just trying to keep their own little world. And maybe 2020 was too far away. The way I justify it and the way I've talked about it with people over the years, other than just making fun of the fact that they didn't count the, the election cycle, <laughs> yeah. is, you know, Lex Luthor probably engineered some scenario where he would become president, like, you know, un- in an unorthodox way, you know, because there there's, no, there's no way they would they would elect some billionaire with no political experience, you know, to be president uh, officially, right, guys? So that that's no, the only way I think no, it no. would happen. So, uh, but, it, you know, we're, we're, you know, talking around the issue as we do, but... It is life imitating art imitating life because Lex Luthor, when he was reinvented in the 80s by John Byrne. No relation. No relation, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He kind of based a lot of his character off of Donald Trump. And then Lex Luthor in the comic books became president in 2000. And then Donald Trump became president in 2016, which is only two years off Smallville's prediction. So there you go. It's all all a big, we're all a big snake eating itself, I guess, right, Craig? It just kind of hit me. So, Byrne was the first writer to handle Superman after Crisis. The last writer to handle Superman before Crisis was named Moore. Oh, there it is. There we go. It's all connected. Hashtag. I don't know what it means, but it means we're legit, guys. So, there you go. Yeah. So, so happy. Uh, I look forward to four years of financial prosperity and uh, building the wall and making Krypton pay for it. That's my. That's why I voted for Lex. So. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, now you're th- making me think of Supergirl. I'm surprised they haven't started that storyline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we're not here to talk about President Lex Luthor today. Uh, we're here to talk about the season three finale of Smallville Covenant. Now, Craig, this Smallville season two, season three, this is like the height of Smallville's, I think, like pop cultural popularity and relevance. You know, like I, I call them quote-unquote normal people were still watching the show at this point uh-huh. you yeah. know like i, I you, people at school were like talking about it you know uh, even like you know it would be you'd see it on the cover of like tv guide and you know entertainment magazine so people still knew people smallville was still on and people weren't surprised smallville was still on at this point uh-huh. you know uh so what, what are your kind of memories of, of this of this time of the show when season three was wrapping up well i have a lot of memories about this time but re-watching the episode which i did earlier today just reminded me of how good the episode was. Like, I mean, everybody was firing on, like, all cylinders, especially, like, Beeman's directing. I think the acting was good in the episode. The Clark and Lex of it all, you know, like, their their rift. You know, Chloe, Lana, everybody had good storylines. And the Jonathan, Lionel, it just was really damn good. But also, I think this might be, like, the peak, like, peak Smallville, if you think about it. Like... You know, even though season three was kind of like, oh, the season was a bit dark, you know, like in the reviews at the time. I feel like it all built to the season three finale where you thought, 
oh, is this where Clark and Lex are going to be enemies? Or, you know, oh, look at Lex kind of moving in on Lana. What's going on here? Yeah, that okay. That, okay, let's let's talk about that for a second because that's something I've noticed, especially in these last few episodes of season three. It's like they're planting the seeds for the Lexana to come. You know, you don't you yeah. don't realize it. There's, you're you you were the frog in the pot, and they were turning up the heat before you realize it, right? Because once you see where they go with it, you realize what they were doing. And I don't. I've never been a fan of that. I never will be. I just I. Like couldn't couldn't Clark and Lex have like have a rift not have to do with like a woman? I mean, like really, is it, they gonna make it that? You know, they both like the same girl, right? And that's the main. But thing they also apart. you have to also realize they pulled the card where Clark saw Lex's chamber of Clark Kent, as we called it back in yes, the day. Yes, the chamber. I love that. Yeah, I thought I've had that in my notes. The chamber of Clark Kent, as we called it but, on site. But and, and apparently he left all the light computers on for Clark to just walk in and see including multiple copies of the same pictures which yeah. was a little creepy that's that's the th- and we'll get into it when he gets in that scene but I think Lex could have spun it if he just didn't have the same giant pictures of Clark and it, and his whole family <laughs> I might add. Yeah, it was like a shrine to Clark but again that you know watching it at the time you're thinking how much does Lex know and you know just the whole notion that you know he's following things and i mean i even liked that this episode i mean they had some unlikely pairings that we didn't usually see like we had jonathan talking to chloe and i don't think there's another episode where jonathan and chloe really talk that much no i think maybe in group settings you know but yeah, yeah. Even, even the show knows that because jonathan comes in and he's like so this is the legendary torch <laughs> so yeah even they know he's never been there before so um but but this is really this is the end of the first, you know, volume of Smallville, if you will. Yes. You know, because you, you, the show, you can divvy it up into different volumes. And seasons one through three really do fit together as its own. They have its own identity. And then there's four and five. And then six is its own weird thing. And then seven through ten. So that, that's yeah. how you would split it up like that? No, was... actually, six and seven I put together. And then eight through ten. Yeah, that's... Well, see, I, w- I would say... F- see, I wouldn't even put four and five together. I would put four on, like, this weird island unto itself. Uh, because it's, like, this weird bridge between the high school years and everything after. Because you get... And you got characters like the Teagues in there, you know, and, and all that stuff. Fair. But five, six, and se- Five fits with six and seven more. Fair enough. Um, and then, and then you know, eight through ten are obviously its own volume. So, so four is this weird transitional chapter, which I know people have been loving to wait, waiting for to hear me talk about four for forever now because yeah. I've, I'm, it's my least favorite season. Uh, we'll see if I re- reevaluate that. But I think coming off of season three, that's why I didn't like four because four is so different than three. You yes, know? it's such a departure. It's like it's like the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. It subverted my expectations. <laughs> And that's not necessarily a good thing. But anyway. But Carrie Fisher doesn't show up till season five. <laughs> there it is. Uh, <laughs> pour one out for Carrie, guys. So, yeah, season three. I, I, I will say this about this episode. It, it it wraps up a lot of great plot threads that, that the season had been building towards, obviously, right? But conceptually, the idea to bring in Supergirl seemed very random to me. Well, here's the thing that, like... Again, another thing I was thinking when I was watching it is TV shows now, they would have started to bring Kara in like eight episodes before the end of the season. That would have been like a big mystery. You know, who's that girl? And then she shows up. I kind of liked that they just threw her in. And, you know, nowadays also if that happened on the show, they're like, oh, they're preparing a spinoff for her. Mm. 
immediately. Kind of like when Laura Vandervoort came on, but still. Um, (laughs) You know, it just was like, they, you have to also realize at the time, you know, we didn't have the guest heroes on Smallville. You didn't have the Flash or Aquaman showing up. And so, like, the notion that they were pulling something from the Superman mythos and putting it into the show, so we thought, that's really kind of amazing. And, you know, they got um, an actress who, you know, was beautiful, very tall. I noticed they framed her certain ways, which might be deemed sexist now, but <laughs> that it was the WB. They would frame Clark the same way. You yeah, know, of course, yeah. If he had his shirt off. Well, 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 I mean, well, Adrian yeah. Palicki, right? Yeah, uh, she has gone. This was her first, you know, uh, taste of the superhero world, and, and she has been in more failed superhero TV <laughs> pilots than anyone else in the world. She was in Aquaman, right? As she a was siren. Wonder Woman, as Wonder Woman, right? And then she did that Agents of Shield spinoff pilot that never even aired anywhere. Yeah, no, she. You know, I fell, I fell off Agents of Shield halfway through the first season, but they they actually appeared on the show, right? Like as oh yeah, characters. she was series regular, and she was really good okay. on Agents of Shield. Um, like it's not her fault that she keeps getting into these projects. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say this for I, I, yeah. I honest beyond be uh beyond this episode, obviously, I, I know her best from Friday Night Lights. Uh, she played yeah. uh, Tyra. She That's did well for herself. Great show, yeah. So she she has been a consistently working actress, so so good on her. But but here's the deal, Craig. You mentioned some great acting this episode. I didn't think she did that well in this episode. I mean, oh, I, I'm talking about the series regulars, like okay. you know, <laughs> like everybody. I thought like Tom, Kristen, Michael, Allison, Schneider, Annette, Glover, especially. Oh yeah, Glover makes all time. brought their A game. I I thought it was a really well done episode. Yeah, Adrian Palicki wasn't that great, but she wasn't hired to be that great. She was hired to be the hot alien who. You know, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Hmm. Um, Fair enough. It was one of her first roles. Soon after that, she did a Lost in Space reboot pilot for the oh WB. Oh, my God. Yeah, she was in yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, again, another and, failed pilot. Oh, my God. But then the next year, she did a little pilot called Supernatural, where she was uh, Sam Winchester's girlfriend. Really? Well, she yeah. She was in that. Very first episode of Supernatural. Well, that show kind of did okay. I mean, if it were still in the air, they'd be in like season 14 by now, and I'd be covering the 300th episode next week or something. But, you know, I don't know. One last thing I want to mention about okay. uh, the show before we jump into the, the episode discussion proper. Um, Pete's last episode was last week, right? <laughs> they mentioned him a couple times in this episode, which is nice. And, you know, I will say, even though it did feel like kind of a, a shoehorned in subplot of, of forsaken that Pete was leaving. Uh, the scenes that he did have and the plot that he did have was really solid and some of the best stuff that he's had on the show. Um, but what, what, what light can you shed on Sam Jones, the third leaving Smallville? I think the thing is that, you know, Clark had a best friend in the show at this point in Chloe in a way. So it, there really was no need to keep Pete around maybe. But also, you know, this kind of fed into the whole FBI of it all, which they mention in this finale, where it's like, yeah, the FBI people are already harassing Pete, made him leave town. You know, it's that sort of thing. So it kind of just all came together. And I think, I mean, although there were times when it would have been nice for Clark to have a best guy friend who's not Lex, I think the character kind of ran his course. And, you know, having different characters like Lois later is an upgrade. So... I think that might be what 
was happening. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and, and he does signify more of the high school life that they were trying to uh, move away from. In, yeah, and in it's episodes. interesting because I feel like when the actors, like, I just came across an interview I did with some of the actors around season seven, and they were talking about Hero, where Pete came back, and it's like, oh, it's so cool. It reminds us of high school when we're all together and doing these scenes together. And that's kind of cool, you know? But so you kind of did have to have that delineation. I wish Pete had been more Clark's best friend, mm-hmm. but that that ship sailed pretty early. All right, well, it's time, Craig. It's time to end season three, to enter this covenant. Oh gosh, I, I like that the like the term covenant was used in the episode. Yes, the episode title said episode plus one. On the WB Wednesday, the Smallville season finale, fate brought into our world. If you have something to say to me, say it before I'm gone. Now, who's that? Destiny will call him home. Why are you here? You want answers? You gotta find them. Answers you won't believe. season finale every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in at u.s border patrol protecting our borders is more than a job it's a calling agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe if you are ready for a new mission join u.s border patrol and go beyond Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Covenant is the 22nd episode of Smallville's third season. It aired on May 19th, 2004. It was written by Todd Slavkin and Darian Swimmer with a tell play by Alfred Goff and Miles Millar, directed by Greg Beeman. So a couple things off the top here, Craig. Uh, I think Miles and Al were still writing, like they were making sure that if they didn't write the story, they at least wrote the teleplay for like all the season premieres and season finales, right? That's something they kept doing yeah. for, for the, pretty much pretty much their whole run on the show, right? Yeah, I don't know if they did in season six or seven, maybe. But still, it's like Alan Miles played a huge part in this show. I mean, and that, you know, that actually kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, they're feeling like different eras of the series. The first three seasons, obviously, they were probably their largest involvement. Because, you know, you didn't, I mean, you didn't have people like Brian and Kelly or Tom Darren 
all you know elevated to where they eventually became i i hear those credits and it's like an all-star team for the show <laughs> and, and greg beeman right <laughs> yeah and greg beeman i mean again like i'm watching this and despite you know some visual effects have not aged that well mm-hmm. like clark getting his you know version of the thanos snap near the end <laughs> but it looks really good i mean they pulled out all the stops for this. Yeah, you I, definitely. They, they saved. They must have saved some budget somewhere because it, it is on display here for sure. That's why they got rid of Pete a week early so they could save his salary. <laughs> there no, is the saying. the inside scoop. There it is, guys. Yeah, you heard no. it here first. Uh, well, you know the episode starts out and we get. Um, we don't know who it is yet, but it's it's Kara at Supergirl, and she's or is it? Uh, well, it's it's funny. It 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 reminded me of the Terminator. Right, yeah. you get this naked. It's because Terminator Three just came out like a year before this, so I'm thinking of like the, the female Terminator because we I'm see. Sorry, this... I don't count any Terminator movies after two. <laughs> no, the direction was probably do sexy Terminator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because strategically placed like branches and trees and bushes because yeah. she's naked, uh, and then she wanders out into the road, and that that blue jeep that Smallville loves blowing up so much, they just blew it up in Talisman. They blow it up here again because it's coming down the road, and she does a whole like smash the hood. It, the car flips over and it blows up. It's actually a pretty impressive special effects. They use a physical car. Yeah, but also, you know, things like that and what she does to the FBI dude whose name I can't remember. Loader. It's played by Gary Hudson. Loader. Loader? Yeah. Oh, because he looks like Kurt Loader? No, yeah, I, well, that's his name, man. Probably. <laughs> I didn't know but, his name to the last episode, honestly. So. <laughs> yeah, but um, those should have been our hints that that wasn't really Kara. Kara. Kira. Kara. That's it. Because it's she Kara. wouldn't be so aggressive towards... Uh... Yeah, like you wouldn't make a Kryptonian like that. Like, if they'd intended her to be really be Supergirl, like Laura Vandervoort eventually was, she wouldn't have been going around killing people. I think. Yeah, I mean that that those people straight up die. Like that car flips yeah. over, blows up, and that's pretty dark, you know. Uh, yeah. But then it, it's kind of odd because there's this juxtaposition, like this like dainty music, like do 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 do, and she's like going through the woods and going for the kin house. And I thought that was an interesting music choice, I guess, by Mark Snow. She, again, she 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 blow after she blows up this car. She goes up to the Kent uh, farm, strategically placed fences <laughs> to you know, cover up her being naked. Uh, goes up to the door, knocks on it. I, I love uh, I love Clark's reaction when he opens it up and he sees this naked girl <laughs> at his door. Right. Well, I mean, well, I was gonna say he probably doesn't get to look at naked girls very often, but he does have X-ray vision. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, maybe once. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she's like, my name's Kara. I'm from Krypton, and it's like, somebody save me! And as a comic fan, it's a big deal. I found it a little jarring in this episode more than most. Like, she's, you know, she introduces herself, and it's very, like, subdued sound-wise, and then they cut into the theme song, and it's all, you know, what it is. And it just seemed... Usually they build up to that a little bit more, I feel. Ah, I I got you. Kind of whiplash into it. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, like... That was really cool. Again, it's so cool to think that we're seeing Supergirl on Smallville. Yeah, and and we'll get into it later on, but it's like they never thought they were going to use the real Supergirl. (laughs) So Uh they thought, oh, you know, we'll we'll sneak this in here as a little like Easter egg, right? We cut back and uh, they they found a flannel shirt for for her to wear. So she's sitting on the couch talking to the Kents. And uh, she explains that she came through a, a, a passage in the cave wall and that she's from Krypton. And Clark's like, hey, Krypton exploded. And she's like, well, uh, yes, it was physically destroyed, but it lives on through us, which is like such BS metaphysical 
Uh, but also, so. like, it was interesting, too, because I think that's when the Kenston Clark realized that there might be something to what she's saying, because she's mentioning the caves. and like, kal yeah. yeah. It's like she's saying these things. Of course, Jonathan points out, like, well, you know, she's not saying anything Dr. Swan doesn't know. But yeah, I, I, I like that, too, because Martha's like... Uh, you think Dr. Swanson? He's like, I have no idea what that man's intentions are. And I'm like, I don't think the writers did either at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. But uh, so, so they're having this conversation and saying like, you know, uh, uh, why she's there and stuff. But then we get a knock on the door and Lex just, just Lex just comes in. I'm like, do you lock your doors, Kents? You know, I mean, seriously, for a family that needs to keep secrets, they just let people walk in their house whenever, right? Yeah, they did. And then, you know, they Clark's about to make an excuse for the girl in his room, and she's gone. <laughs> yeah, and then so so Lex had come to talk to Clark about uh, how uh, Lionel is uh, is going to get off on bail unless 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 uh, someone can like lock him up, lock <laughs> him up. <laughs> He's not the first innocent man to be imprisoned, Craig, as he says later in the episode. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Lex says that 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 he needs witnesses that have physically seen Lionel do something, and unfortunately, most of those people end up dead. And Clark uh, tells him that he'll come forward, and that you know he saw uh, in Bell Rev in Asylum. This 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 episode is full of you know callbacks for the whole season. Yeah. Right? But but when uh, Lionel ordered the the doctor to uh, to shoot him with electroshock treatment, even though it might make him a vegetable, and 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 I'm thinking to myself, okay, Clark, you're kind of outing yourself here because Lex like Lex is like, how could you have possibly known that? And he's like, well, I. I snuck in to try and save you, but I was too late, you know, so. Well, you know, that's another thing that kind of speaks to the relative brilliance of the first couple seasons of Smallville is, you know, you'd have these episodes like Shattered in Asylum that might feel disconnected from the rest of the season, but then you have these plot threads that come up later and it just all seems just so well-crafted. And it starts to, make a wedge between Clark and Lex here because Lex is the one who feels betrayed by Clark. He's like, you knew all along that my father killed his parents. Why didn't you tell me, you know? So yeah, they're, they're keeping secrets from each other. So yes, obviously as a Superman fan, you're going to side with Clark Kent and not Lex Luthor. But you know, in just the context of the show here, they're both been keeping secrets from each other this whole time. So it's really hard to say, you know, who, who's keeping the worst secrets, right? Yeah. I mean, pretty soon Lex is going to be like, Clark, Hiding secrets from me. Oh, that's long. <laughs> Clark, Clark, you invited me over for dinner last night. You're going to tell me something. What is it going to be? Oh, okay. uh, yeah, that's what she does. <laughs> she literally does that. But, uh, but... <laughs> but you know, like again, that takes me back to being in the fandom at the time, and especially compared to now, how toxic things get with fandoms. It's like Lana was ridiculous with all this secret stuff, but it was kind of like charming and cute in its own weird way it's like uh here goes lana again it's like she was like our mascot <laughs> well uh the end of the scene is you know they, they, they patch things up because you know clark is gonna go testify against lionel and and lex kind of brings him close he says, and he says you're good friend clark you know so that's that, that's a nice way to i hope to, nothing to, happens to our friendship yeah i hope that now that we've reaffirmed our close bond that nothing will happen to mess it up uh yeah. this episode so then we uh, speaking of then we cut to uh, lionel and he's uh he's in he's in all orange he's in this federal you know cushy prison kind of place and uh loader is leading him in and they kind of go back and forth about how uh lionel's like i thought we had a deal loader and he's like how am i supposed to account for some bleach blonde pulitzer wannabe pulling up some voicemail for some cold case from 30 years ago or whatever so and again that's all tied together you know what i mean this stuff from earlier in the season yeah because truth a, a one-off kind of like goofy episode of like what if somebody 
had the liar liar power, you know, or something, right? Uh, but the, the the consequence of that episode do play big time into you know wrapping up a season long arc here with Lionel because yeah. that's where that's where we got the the evidence of his confession. But uh, Lionel was also he also asked Loder about looking into. I love how you first to him as what about our other matter, Lex's friend? First <laughs> him like that, and Loder's like, look, man, uh, I'm off that. You know, you're you're on your own here. So then he leaves, but that's not the case because I guess Loder. He figures he's going to, like, find out whatever secret this is for himself later, I guess, right? Yeah, Loader later comes by. He turns into Roger Nixon on us. <laughs> yeah, and then and then uh, Kara hears him, and, and she's know, not having it. No, she's not. But uh, <laughs> so we, we, we cut back to uh, the Kent farm, and uh, and Kara is now, like, in this white dress. Where, where did this white dress come from? It's from Martha's days when they went to Woodstock in 69. Wait, Martha's not that old. <laughs> she was nine, okay? Is that her, like, evening wear? Like, I know, it's just, it's odd that Martha would have something like that hanging around the house. Uh, actually, that was Jonathan's. The joke. <laughs> there it is. Now you're picturing it. I know, right? <laughs> well, you know, Kara, I guess, and this plays into, like, what her purpose here is. I guess it's to seduce Clark, right? Because she's... Because when she first shows up, that doesn't make it as blatantly clear of like what her objective here is. But now it's like I'm here to take you home, and you know the, the, you shouldn't concern yourself in the matters of these people and this and that. And she and, mentions his mother. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah, that gets creepy later when she mentions his mom. But 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 right now she they're keeping it sort of platonic, I guess, because they're they're both the last people of Krypton. But but they don't right. go much further than that so far. But, but then but, but then she she takes them up into the sky and they fly, and that's really cool, huh? Because you didn't see that very much in Smallville. And she said that he was doing it too. That's right. You pay attention. Yeah, that was really neat. But again, you know, like the whole thing about you know them having like a chemistry should have been another clue to us that that's not really Supergirl. That's true, because as we know, they're supposed to be cousins. And that's uh, speaking of the Last Jedi, right? I'm gonna bring that. Oh in. gosh! Uh, but you know, I had assumed, as most people did, that Ray was gonna be related to Kylo Ren. You know, either it was gonna be Luke's daughter, or it was gonna be like in the in the expanded universe. We got Jason and Jaina Solo. They were gonna be brother sister. They're gonna be they were gonna be cousins. They're gonna be something, right? So I'm right. watching the Last Jedi. I'm like, oh, they they have this connection because they're related. Okay, cool. And I'm watching the whole movie like through that context, and it turns out they're not. And I was like, oh, wait. Wait a minute. <laughs> like, th- th- this is some kind of romance crap they're pulling on us now. <laughs> I don't like this I at mean, all. I mean, she's having psychic connections with him when he's shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> put it, Which put made it. no sense. <laughs> anyway. But that's like, yeah, because you're, because, uh, but that's a similar situation here, because as a Superman fan, you're like, oh, this is Kara, right? It's his cousin from Krypton. Although, there were some Silver Age comics where I think there was one where Superman was going to marry Supergirl. I, you know, you mentioned that I, I do remember, like, you know, whenever you see those articles about like the ten crazy Superman's yeah. comic covers, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I've seen something like that. As but well, so. you know, maybe things are different on Krypton. Yeah. Maybe it's yes. like West Virginia. <laughs> anyway, uh, apologies to our West Virginian audience. Okay, I'm gonna make fun of Florida instead. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Okay, no, <laughs> well, they they fly here, and it is very reminiscent of what you see in uh, Superman the movie with Clark and Lois, or even you know even more so down the road in Superman Returns with Clark, uh, Superman and Lois flying around, just the way they kind of float up and stuff like that here. And Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman. Totally. That's true. Let's not forget them. Hi, uh, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so they go back to the caves and. Clark notices, like, oh, th- this Fisher wasn't here before. She's like, yes, that's that's where I ca- emerged from. And 
what, what is this the room like this fissure right it you know it opens and closes and stuff in the course of this episode is this the same like is the room from season four onward in is that is that where this is behind that wall i mean is there i need to find clark's map to the cave that like see was it lana found that one time or something <laughs> or was it lex or somebody somebody found like this map to the cave in like clark's barn once i need to take oh, a look at that boy. <laughs> yeah i've completely blocked that out of my mind Sorry. oh man well uh she she keeps trying to tell him like oh you need to come with me and you know, all your you know no one will ever understand you know what, what you go through and he's like what if I like it on this planet right and but she's like starts to like kind of like touch him and like what's going on here and she reminds him of how Pete's leaving and how Lana's leaving mm-hmm, that's true that's true but it's it's rather convenient timing you know yeah uh, with all these people betraying like because she's like everyone will lie betray or leave you and he's like okay sure whatever i'm never going with you and also why is lana leaving for paris before she graduates high school because she wanted to go to the paris school of the arts craig i mean we've all been there so yeah sure well and then well, she'll move back just as easily yeah i'm yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> well uh, so you know clark makes it very firm stance there he's like look i'm not going with you and she's like well when you change your mind, I'll be waiting. And I guess she just hangs around the, the Kents for this next couple of days or something. Uh, but anyway, uh, we cut to the next scene, and uh, it's it's Lex and Lionel. This is this is a great scene between them because uh, he's like, "Orange, a good orange is a good look on you, Dad." I don't know about it might get stale after twenty five to life, which is a good way to to intro this. And uh, and Lionel here, you know, it's tough because like y- you want to think Lionel is like actually apologizing to Lex. He's like, Lex, I failed you as a father. This isn't easy for me to say, blah, blah, blah. But then he keeps talking, and you realize he's just trying to get sympathy from Lex because he tells him about his you know, liver disease, which he said he was diagnosed with two years ago, which would be the end of season one, I guess, Craig? Around the time he went blind. Mm-hmm. So here's a, here's a theory. Here's a fan theory. Whatever, he, whatever kind of procedure he went through to regain his sight gave him this liver disease. How about that? I don't think so. Okay, all right. <laughs> I think they probably already forgot about the whole blind Lionel thing, like most people did. That's probably kind of like how right. they forgot about Lucas. That's oh my god, Luke. That's my favorite <laughs> plot hole of all time on this show. But anyway, no, but but the other thing about this scene in particular, and of course we see a change to this later, is Lionel like totally lives up to his name in the scene. He looks like a lion. Mm. He has that big mane of hair. Which just seems to be there just to mock Lex for right. being bald. Yeah, it's like he would never but have grown his hair out like, this long if his son could grow hair, right? Yeah, it's like it's like peak Lionel there too, and mm-hmm. it's like he's trying to manip- <clears throat> manipulate things, and it's again Glover uh, was wonderful bouncing off of other people, but him and Rosenbaum had a really good bond going on there. Absolutely, but. Then Lex doesn't buy it though, because I'll ultimately Lionel's like, "Don't let me die in prison," and and Lex like he kind of grabs his hand through the through the through the cage, and you think they're gonna might have a moment, and he's like, "That might have been more effective if you had a string quartet in the corner, Dad." So it's like, "Oh, okay, I see how it is." So, uh, <laughs> but but Lionel kind of reacts to it too. He's like, "Oh, damn, this didn't work." He's like, "Well, I've told my doctors to release my medical records to you because Lex doesn't believe him. He thinks it's just some desperate last attempt to." Uh, to get out of uh, which Lionel does often, which yeah, exactly right. So, um, so let me come back to the Kints and and Kara is still hanging around, and uh, Clark's telling him that she thinks that he thinks she's for real because of all the the cave stuff and the Krypton stuff, and uh, they they make their Doctor Swan reference here, and and Jonathan starts to interject himself into the situation, but 
Uh, then Kara's like, you have no place in this discussion, Jonathan Kent. You broke the covenant. So yeah. We have, our, yeah. <laughs> we have our plus one for episode title said in episode. Uh, but also that calls here. back to the start of the season. That's, yeah, it's true. So we finally get uh, the answer to, you know, what, what this deal is, Jonathan made with Jor-El. Uh, you know, we always assume that, like, okay, I'll give you these powers, but you're going to have side effects from it. So it's like, okay, but now this is even worse. This deal is getting worse all the time, right? Because not only that, but he agreed to bring Clark to Jor-El when he was ready. And so all these, when Jor-El w- was ready for him. So all the what? stuff this season has been that, like, legacy and all that. That's been Jor-El trying to get Jonathan to, to fulfill his end of the bargain, I guess. But here's the other thing. When you think about it, ultimately, that's what Jonathan did in the series finale. I'm not joking. He tells Clark to always hold on to Smallville, but gives him the costume with the Kryptonian sigil on it, which kind of delivers him to Jor-El, in a way. Hmm. I guess. But at that point, Jor-El wasn't like an evil asshole like he is in the first <laughs> couple But that's years the other thing show. I think is really interesting, the, you know, again, with legacy of it all, is, you know... Lex is kind of like you're. Was it Lex or was it Lionel who's like you know you don't know what it's like to have an awful father? Oh yeah, that's later on this episode, right? When okay, talking and then Clark's Clark. kind of like oh, yeah, well, oh yeah, I kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, again, great writing, great interplay between the actors. Again, I thought this was one of Tom's best performances in the entire series. This episode, oh yeah, yeah, he was really on, and it was just really well done. Well, they're having this conversation here, and oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, uh, at some point here, Kara drinks tea out of a cup, or at least picks it up or something, so the Kents have that, and John's going to use that in a minute here, but uh, while they're having this conversation, you know, uh, Jonathan reveals to them, like, you know, reveals to Martha and Clark what his deal with Jarrell was, and and then Martha gets really upset about it. But they get interrupted because uh, Loader's outside doing his best Roger Nixon impression, listening to the kids mm-hmm. with his parabolic dish. Uh, but Kara goes out there and uh, vaporizes his car. And as you said, Craig, this is another sign. This yeah. isn't the Supergirl we knew because and, and uh, those aren't really Kryptonian powers. No, those know. are not Kryptonian powers. Now the speculation that I had that I had seen back in the day, probably on Krypton site, because I was active on the forums back in season three through five. <laughs> um, was that this was like tactile telekinesis, which is a power that Superboy has. Not yes. the not the Kal-El Superboy, the Connell Superboy, who was a clone of Lex Luthor and Clark Kent. It's blah, 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 blah. Comics are the worst, I know, but, but it's, just, it's very confusing. It's the Klex um, baby. Yes, uh, who the we Klex actually mess. get on the show <laughs> at some point. The show <laughs> ran so long we did get Connell. He did not have tactile telekinesis, though. Uh, but that's the best explanation that, uh, that people had for it. And yeah, she just vaporizes his car. Uh, so yeah, the secret, secret safe. Thanks, Kara. Uh, but this really freaks out uh, Martha. She's like, he murdered a man. We have to call the sheriff. And Jonathan's like, what do you want us to do, honey? <laughs> call the cops and say, you know, uh, this alien girl vaporized a federal agent. <laughs> it's like, good point, Jonathan. So, uh, but this this pushes Jonathan over the edge. She's like, I got to do something here. So this is when he takes that that teacup that uh, Kara had, had held uh, to the torch. And this is when he makes his comment. So this is the legendary torch. You know, he's never been there. And as you said, Craig, you get some... It, it's nice to see interactions between characters that don't often interact. And uh, Jonathan is clearly out of his element here, but he's like, Chloe, I understand you're very good at, at finding things out, but I need you to find out who the last person who touched this cup was. So she gets on the phone and she calls and Jonathan's like going to wait there. 
<laughs> and she looks really uncomfortable. She's like, "Go away already." <laughs> this uh, this might take a while. He's like, "Oh yeah, okay." And he leaves. Uh, but we have a <laughs> we have a plus one for Chloe's unseen connections because she's like, "Oh, let me let me call my guy." Like she has a guy for this, right? She's Maybe it's Chad the guy. Goth. It's Chad. Oh, it's not easy being small. But only Goth. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but uh, then Lana comes in for one of her like two scenes. Did she just wash her hair, by the way? I Oh, my goodness. I was just going to say, what is up with her hair in this episode? And it later ended up in the credits. Yeah, in the in season, <laughs> season four credits. This is immortalized. I can't. Yeah. Are there other episodes where she has this hairstyle? Just no. so random. Yeah. It's like Kristen Kirk was, like, working on another show or a play or something, and he had to have her hair a certain way. No, to me, it looked like Lana just, like, washed her hair before she was going to the airport and just forgot got to dry it. Just, yeah, just got out of the shower and drove right over the kid farm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just very odd because usually she's, like, got it in a ponytail or she's got something. Or not, yeah, it's not. it's very odd, and it stuck out because we just saw her, like... By the way, because I mentioned this in the last episode, uh, uh, Forsaken, like, she was supposed to leave on, like, Saturday... Right, so this must be the Friday in between the Thursday of Forsaken and the Saturday of her leaving. Uh, so this is a very condensed uh, timeline of events here. But anyway, yeah, she she looks well. Not she like took herself. the time to wash her hair in between episodes. I guess she she took a long hot shower after being disappointed by Clark at the end of the last episode. But uh, but yeah, she she's here to uh, to find out more Clark secrets. And <laughs> she as she does. You were going to tell me a secret last night, Clark. <laughs> well, here's the deal. I I uh, I. I understand why Clark didn't tell her then because he had Pete had literally just like told him, "Hey, I can't handle holding your secret, uh, having knowing your secret, and I'm gonna move now." <laughs> you know, yeah. So, so true. I I get why Clark was like all in, gonna tell Lana, and then like when his best friend had to move because he couldn't take it, he changed his mind. But that's a real crappy thing to do to Lana. And again, like if I were Lana, I probably wouldn't have come. I guess she just she just really needs to know. But if I were Lana, like I would she not have come back to ask him. That's right. That's the real reason she came back. She asked him to be his her super shuttle to the airport. So they had so. a Superman pun, a super. Yeah, yeah but, but why do people make Superman puns in a world where there's no Superman, Craig? Riddle me that, huh? I didn't know you had a dark side. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, Clark, and then Clark, you know, he agrees to take her to the airport. I don't know why he keeps agreeing to do these things, which he knows he won't be able to do. Like, it's inevitable something bad was going to happen to keep him from doing that. And And... You, you didn't mention uh, Kara is like walking around and Lana's like, who's that? Being he's a creeper. Like, my cousin. <laughs> she's from far away from California. So, Which is where Kara is from on Supergirl. There it is, man. It Mid-Vale all ties together. California. Uh, is it? Is Midvale California? I always thought it was like in... I, don't I know, knew like, National City is supposed to be. National City is supposed to be Los Angeles. Is that correct? Well, it was at least it wasn't. It, it wasn't season water. <laughs> I, I now saw it looks more like Vancouver, Center. but you know, <laughs> looks a lot like Star City and Central <clears throat> City to me now. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah th- so that's a funny like. It's kind of like crypto, right? Where they almost name him crypto, right? like Shelby, but they don't. Right. So it's like, oh, that's my cousin. You know, it's like, ah ha ha, you get it? Uh, it's not really, but but know, again, Clark and Lana aren't together. I mean, he could have just tried to make her jealous. It's my girlfriend. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, you know, you're going to Paris. I'm gonna go another dimension with this girl. So peace out. Yeah, Lana. it's my girlfriend from Canada. <laughs> so uh, Lana leaves, but they have a happy lasting. Because Clark's like, all right, I'm, we'll talk in the car. I'm like, is he gonna tell her his, his secret now? I don't think so. You know, when he drove her to the airport, but that, that's a great way. I used to use that strategy a lot when I wanted to spend time with girls. I was like, hey, let me drive you here. Let me take you there. You know, that's that's key time. Because you have a captive audience. you got to make the most of that time. 
you know. So uh, I drove around a lot of girls back in the day. But uh, anyway, that's a story for another time. Uh, <laughs> any, anyway, Kara, Kara comes up after she drives off. It's kind of creepy, actually. She's just like, at a super speed behind him. And and she's like, uh, she really loves you, but it's not meant to be. Clark's like, nobody knows what it's meant to be. <laughs> He's very defensive about it. He's like, well, you, you haven't read the comic books, have you? Oh, wait, I'm supposed to be <laughs> well, with Lois. It's funny but because Chloe's going to change it. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk about Chloe changing her name to Lois at the end of this when she gets blown up and goes into the FBI protection. But anyway, um, it's true they're not meant to be, so that's a that's good writing there. But what is up with Kara's like intuition in this episode? Like like she like meets people and and like like the like that guy was gonna no, expose her like secret. She downloaded or... all that information from Jor-El. Okay, everything the Jor-El AI knows about Clark, mm. she could theoretically know. Okay. And Jorel, of course, knows about his weakness for Lana. Yeah, because he project he projected her at the end of last season to him. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You. These people have served so, their purpose stuff. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh but th- but th- this is when she really like turns up the whole hey, uh I'm Eve and you're Adam situation going on here because she's like, Yeah, that level will not even compare to the love between us. And he's like, Whoa, whoa. <laughs> You know, he doesn't really respond to this, but it's like she's just laying it on thick now. She's like, we're the last of our race, and it's our duty to continue the legacy of Krypton. So I was like, well, that's that's a pretty heavy thing to just, just throw on him there. But then he kind of stumbles back inside because he's like, God, what is what is going on here? I'm overwhelmed with all this crap. And then there's a delivery guy, and he has a package from uh, Lionel Luther. And Clark opens it, and it's a key. It's an actual key. Not an, like actual an actual key. Disc yeah. or anything. Which I love. I love when I love this scene. The next scene between Clark and Lionel. This is a very Superman Luthor scene, like from the yeah. comic books or another show. You know, you just imagine. You know, this is Lex and this is Superman, and he shows him. It's like, what is this? And I love it. Lionel says, "Like it's a key. Unfortunately, not the <laughs> one we're both looking for." And I'm like, it's so good because that's what I was thinking. <laughs> but oh, by the way, we also have a a plus one for a, our blue shirt, red jacket. Because yeah. Clark is now he's back in the pseudo Superman costume, and um, this is a great scene here because they're going back and forth. And and, and uh, Lionel says that uh, he didn't kill his parents, which Lionel killed his parents, right, Craig? Because I can't remember that either. It's been too long. <laughs> well, I know that he goes. There's lots of episodes, or I say lots. There's a few instances where this comes up, and he he denies that he killed his parents. But I mean, he totally like in Mercy, right? In the in Saw. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. He said, I didn't kill my parents, but he totally did. But, um, you know, Lionel does tell Clark, he's like, well, no I didn't. Collusion. No collusion. <laughs> he does tell, he does tell uh, Clark that even though he didn't kill his parents, he didn't, you know, shed any tears at their funeral because, you know, do you know what it's like to uh, live under the thumb of an oppressive, abusive father who wants complete control of your life? And, and, you know, he doesn't realize it, but Clark, like, knows that exactly he's going to do that right now so that get like you said that's really good writing here i thought oh yeah definitely and in smallville the official companion season three by paul simpson available wherever books are sold where you should also buy seasons four through seven yeah that's correct yeah, those are also available there tom welling had this to say i think lionel is the smallville what lex is to the later superman stories and the stronger you can establish that the more drama you can create I like these grown-up storylines. We can sometimes get stuck in the high school mentality. The more grown-up situations we can get into, the more interesting it is, because then, at least with my character, he's a fish out of water. He doesn't yet have the maturity to handle those situations, and I think it added to the drama to the end of the year. 
Man, it must have been nice to get Tom Welling for that book. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something about that. I think Damn. That's Tom Welling's last quote <laughs> in any small book companion. I think that's it. So I had to get that in there, Craig. I'm going to cry now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, the Tom Welling. Like, Dude, Tom, you're hiding secrets from me. <laughs> Tom, did, Tom Welling uh, declined to be interviewed for seasons four through seven of the small ball campaign. No, he was going to do season seven, but he ran off. <laughs> well, you know, that's what Clark does, man. All right. You're Chloe at the dance there. You're looking around for him. He's gone. He's off to do other things. <laughs> oh God. I'm having, we need to like remake that moment. It's just, you just looking around. Be standing there looking around. <laughs> yes. That, that's or, pretty... I can, or I can be Lana at the airport waiting yeah. for Clark. And then I find a flower on the Rosen, Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum will come give you a hug. Don't worry. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, that's been a funny uh, point of conversation with me and Craig over the years. Here is that yes, Tom Welling was supposed to be in the season seven companion interview, and he notoriously ducked out of an interview. He even told Glover he was going to do it. Ask Glover about it on Twitter, <laughs> Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, that's so so good. Uh but hey, we'll get him for the season eight book, won't we, Craig? He might be busy at a convention. <laughs> Look, if you if you pay the hundred and fifty dollars to meet him and get your picture with him, I'm sure he'll give you a quote for the next book. Okay? So um, Yeah, but by the time I get the book published, the books probably won't even pay hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> anyway, anyway, lots of tangents here. This is a great scene between uh Lionel and Clarker and you know, we're talking about Greg Beeman such a, being such a great director. Like, I love how, like, the first shot of this is, like, you see Clark kind of out of focus and, you, and Lionel's in the foreground. And it kind of, when he know, when he hears that Clark's there, you see, like, that like, kind of wicked smile on his face and the camera just, like, dollies in on John Glover. And I was like, that's a great directorial moment. By it's the Beeman touch here. He tells Clark that, uh, you know, Lex, uh, you know, has lied and manipulated and he's going to prove it to him. He's like, I don't want to harm you. I want to enlighten you, you know. And Clark does mention... Last time he trusted Lionel, he ended up as a lab rat at Summerhole, which is a great callback to Memoria. So the show, you know, for for a show which I make fun of all the time for having no internal continuity, they really are calling back oh, to a yeah. lot of relevant things. Again, here. this season, they like so much paid off. I mean, mm. it wasn't like season two where we never saw Lucas again, but still. <laughs> <laughs> or season four where, uh, you know, and that's that's the thing. I, I was saying this last week, uh, talking about Forsaken is... Season three, they had a plan and they executed it, and it shows. And I think really the only other season, honestly, and maybe you can you know confirm this, is like season nine. You know, like they had a plan and it feels like a nice continuous arc, and there are no like weird tangents or interruptions. Like everything pays off. They're set up. Or it characters. wasn't like let's do this season and we'll have the clone grow up to be the real Lex. Oh wait. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, they, they were dealing with like. Eight was like, hey, are we going to get Rosenbaum back? Like, We're going to keep trying. We're going to use body doubles and, and, and all this stuff. Oh, he's not going to come back? Crap. Seven, which was like, oh, crap. We need to write as many scripts as possible before the writers strike. Uh-huh. And then you had four where Christopher Reeve died. You know, he was going to be a bigger part. So they kind of like kind of brought in Jane Seymour to kind of fill some of that role, you know. Margot uh, Kidder. Margot Kidder, who didn't like, she came back and then she refused to keep coming back. And they, that screwed him over again there. Um, I guess five. Well, five is pretty solid, but again, they thought five was going to be the last season, you know. So then they, they pulled out all the stops for five, <laughs> right? And they had to pull and then the they brakes. Seven was going to be the end, right? So I guess what's what's season six's excuse then? Why is it? What's wrong with? Okay, the deal with season six, and you know, I might be talking out of class. So like, Alan Miles, if you're listening, 
Don't get mad at me. Mm-hmm. I feel like the thing was that Alan Miles were heavily involved with the first 13 episodes of the season. The good ones. So pretty much through Justice or yeah, the, the one at, right after Justice. <laughs> and then the rest went off the rails. You kind of had the same issue with season five when you think about it. Mm. Like, you know, the first 13 episodes or so are really strong. And then it kind of lost its way a little bit. Mm-hmm. Although season years. season season five ended pretty strong, I think, and even you know, oh, it did because Alan Miles come back for the finale, right? Right? Yeah, that's that's they like, like what I have you done? Tell, that's the other thing that's very interesting about Smallville is some of the seasons that weren't the best seasons had some of the best finales. Like Commencement was amazing. Uh, Phantom was pretty strong for season six. You know, and season six. Uh, I know you love season nine, but the season nine finale was that Salvation. That is my favorite episode of the show, Craig. What are you going to say? That is about such it? a good finale. <laughs> okay, but well, I, I got you. Demon too, so, I got you. Know. Okay, I thought you were going to say something bad about it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like that was like an epic hour of television. Kind of like Covenant. I do like Covenant better. Look, but... there's only there's only three bad Smallville finales. Okay, there's there's Doomsday, Doomsday finale. finale and uh, Arctic. Arctic was just disappointing. So That's, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, exactly. So getting back on track here, uh, Lionel has this key that, that Lionel has given Clark uh, is to the chamber of Clark Kent. <laughs> so uh, Clark goes in there, and it's all the same stuff we've seen before. He's got he's got the bullets from Red. He's got the the um, the Rush Bug from Rush. Uh, he's got some Kryptonite green with a little bit of red in there. Uh, we we see uh, the um, for some reason the giant blow up pictures that we always make fun of. <laughs> You know, uh, we see the animation of the car accident. So Clark's just looking around, seeing all this stuff. And, uh, of course, Lex comes in. And I love what he, he first says. He's like, before you jump to conclusions, Clark. <laughs> but Clark cuts him off, and he's pissed, and rightly so. Right, Greg? Also, just the notion that, you know, Lex is in his 20s, and he's obsessing over a teenager is kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> you take all this stuff out. Uh, I mean, it, it's almost Brian Singer territory here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so Lex tries to spin it like I know this is I know this seems like it's about you, but it's really about me. And Lex <laughs> Lex is so full of crap. Clark's not having it anymore, right? Yeah. It's just like Yeah, well you lied to me, Lex. This friendship's over. Oh wait, but that's later. That's, that's... <laughs> that is later. But Clark does have a great line here um to Lex and he says, Ever since I met you, I've been defending you, making excuses to my dad and Pete and yeah, yeah, tell him you can trust Lex Luthor. He's a good guy. He's nothing like his father. I was wrong, and he storms out at that point. And that's a great. That's a great way to uh, to kind of end their friendship, you know. And again, you feel like when you're watching this episode, the rift is there. I think the other thing that was really great about this finale in this period of time is back then shows didn't last as long as they do now. I think maybe we saw Smallville as a five season journey. Mm-hmm. So this was like the 60% point of the yeah, season. Yeah, you're in the middle. Season three is the dead center of the show. So you think like there's going to be progress here for a movement toward the eventual end, right? Yeah. And I mean, so that made it feel even more momentous for us when we're watching. Which, which made season four even more disappointing when they just hit the reset button, right? I like season four. Now. All right. Well, we, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Soon it had a good companion <laughs> book. Oh, my dog doesn't agree though. <laughs> All right, Sorry, all right. Vader. I'll give it another chance. Sorry, Vader. <laughs> but <laughs> she got uh, mad. I know, right? Ooh, speak ill of season four. So, um, 
So, <laughs> all right, I got it. I got it. All right, gosh, tough crowd. So uh, Clark uh, goes home to talk to his mom about this, and he's like, I can't believe he just pretended to be my friend for three years just to investigate me. Now, I think that's a little harsh. I think they were really friends, but Lex just really wanted to know Clark's secret. I mean, you know. Um, but I like that Martha was a good sounding board here, which is something they would sometimes forget to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good use of good use of the parrots uh, in this episode yeah. for sure. And, but as they're having this conversation, Clark realizes that he forgot to take Lana to the airport. Way to go, Clark! Way to go again. Let her down again, again. Lana, if this is the real world, this is like five times over. Lana would never talk to Clark again at this point, right? And also, like Lana clearly washed her hair again right before this scene. <laughs> yes. again, what is up with her hair? <laughs> oh boy but um she uh and seeing uh, people in hair somebody without any hair comes to meet her there at the airport that's right again and cue the lexana set up here i did like before she runs into lex though she like you know she kind of bumped into some people like or like say goodbye passionately like kissing it so i thought that was a nice touch it's like here lana here's what you should be doing but your boyfriend or your ex-boyfriend or your not boyfriend or whatever clark and they are he's not here uh but lex is and- yay and also, Lana's like, I really appreciate your friendship. Yeah. Like, the time you bought the talent for me, <laughs> and that's the only thing you've ever done for me, but okay. Did she just, like, friend zone him right then? <laughs> that's oh, wait, she, what I he also, like, taught her Lana Foo. That's right, That which, which yeah. com- comes in handy more as as the series progresses. But uh, Like uh, the but, time she impales somebody. With Yeah, with okay, so I added uh, Lana Kills to the tally board for Matt Truix, our mutual friend Matt Truix. Uh-huh. Uh, and she has yet to kill someone else. That was it's a whole season, Matt. I got a category sitting in one just for you, buddy. But I, I'm pretty confident a lot of starts killing more people as the series progresses, Craig. Uh, so, so we'll see. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, she didn't kill anybody in that focus episode. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Spell is the worst episode of the show, possibly. But I'm see. not coming on the show that week. So. Uh, of course, Clark shows up and sees this, right? Sees Lana and, and Lex like hugging from across and the street. He's gotten her a flower and he drops it on the ground. A white, a white rose, right? Uh-huh. And he drops it in slow motion, right? But then Lex leaves, and then I like this. It's kind of a callback to Exile, where Lana sees Clark in the distance at Lex's funeral. I don't know if this was intentional or not, but I drew the connection. I thought it was cool because she tries to like you know work her way through the traffic to see Clark, but he's gone yeah. by then. Much like Alexis Freeland, she tries to work her way through the crowd to see Clark, but he's gone by then as well. And she finds the white rose. So I don't know, like, like, well, what, I don't know. Could, could these people have cell phones? Couldn't she like call him or he call her? I don't know, man, but, uh, cell phones it's are a lot more expensive in 2004. Chloe specifically says that Clark has a cell phone because when he doesn't show up at the courtroom, Lex is like, did you try calling him? And she's like, yeah, I called him on his cell phone and his home phone. And he's not, anyway. Well, it's not like watching early Dawson's Creek where you're, like, yelling at your TV, like, Dawson, why don't you just call Jen? Oh, wait, you don't have cell phones. (laughs) Well, uh, this is about, I don't know, I think the time code is, like, 30 minutes now, so now Lana is officially out of the episode. We can get down to our adult business. Lana is going off the pair. Much like Pete last week, Lana's gone this week, and now we never see those characters again, do we, Craig? No, never. No, never again. And when Lana dies later, then she's really gone. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> multiple times, mind you. But anyway, uh, you know, there was an earlier scene with uh, Chloe and Lex talking about her testifying and Lex telling her how dangerous it'd be. And she sets up, oh, it's not going to be easy. It'll be, we'll be safe. Uh, the FBI is setting us up in a, in a safe house or whatever. Witness protection program, you know, because she's going to change her name to Lois Lane, become a reporter. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um <laughs> They, uh, Chloe and Lex are waiting for Clark at the courthouse and they can't find him and Lex is worried because he thinks you know maybe he's not going to show up now and then Clark shows up and she says just in time to save the day which is kind of a Superman reference I guess but I uh, also like that Clark's like I'm here because it's the right thing to do which is a very Superman thing to say exactly like, he's like in full like adult Superman mode at this point especially because he's got the red jacket and the blue shirt thing yes. going on he's walking it's through like, the crowd yeah totally yeah. I mean, if this had been a Zack Snyder movie, the courthouse would have blown up with everybody in it. <laughs> <and walked out. laughs> very good. Very Ooh, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but hey, uh, hashtag time's up for Lionel because he's denied bail. Uh, and so he's like a let Lock out. Him Lock him <laughs> up. Lock him up. So he's, he's, uh, he's escorted out of the courtroom. And as he says, he's not the first innocent man to be to be uh, put in jail. But um, no collusion. No collusion. Uh Lex, uh, Lex, give me, me with that stuff, man. Uh, but uh, Lex tries to like, kind of like, make, hey, Clark, man, I really appreciate you coming. He's like, this friendship is over. You know, that, that's where the line comes from. And I feel yeah. like that. I feel like that was used in like so many like trailers for this show and and stuff like that. But anyway, it does, it does seem rather definitive at this point because, as you said, five year show, three years in. We know those guys are going to be enemies. Well, also, like just the notion of the pilot when Jonathan's like. You know, it has some question. Clark's like, ask me again in about five years. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. Well, five years. Five so, years. That's the, when the, the final episode airs. Or if you're Star Trek and you have a five year mission, it could only last three years. So watch out, guys. But anyway, uh, Clark Clark goes back to the bar now. He's all depressed. And I guess he has no reason to, he's, he has no reason to stay because Lana's gone and Pete's gone. Alexis and his friend. He doesn't give a crap about Chloe or his parents, apparently. And then his cousin starts to kiss him. Yeah. Okay. Really? Now, this is where it gets creepy because she's like, well, he tells her, like, oh, everything you said came to pass, you know? It's like, well, come on, man. Like, this is just bad timing. But she's like, oh, well, come with me, and, and her love will be there for you, too. And he's like, her? He's like, yeah, your mother, Lara. And so, again, good continuity into Memoria, or how they're calling, calling that back. You pull, pulling out all the stops to get Clark's attention. And also, like, watching the episode now, I'm picturing Helen Slater when she says it. There you go. Well, who, so do you, who do you picture as Jorel? Julian Sands or Taryn Stamp? Uh, no. Actually, if I had been casting the show, Gerald and Lara would have been Stacey Haydick and Gerard Christopher, which would mean both of Clark's fa- mothers had been Alana. I-, I think you say that every time you're on the podcast, but that's okay because I 100% agree with you. Uh... I know. I'm going <laughs> to keep saying it. Because also, Gerard Christopher looks at least slightly like Tom Welling. Right. So it's like more young... than Julian Sands yeah, does. There's no way young Tom Welling grew into. Julian Sands. I mean, it's kind of like the holographic doctor being Jason Teague's father. Just... <laughs> that was a recast, though, so I'll, g- yeah. I'll give him some credit there. For, for They weren't even supposed to film those episodes, okay? Those are the extra episodes of Season 7. Sure. So, anyway, yeah, so she starts telling Clark about, like, his mother's love, and then she starts kissing him, like, on the cheek and the forehead and then on the mouth. You're like, this just got really incestuous and weird now, right? Well, I was uncomfortable yeah. by this. Kind of weird, yeah. Uh, you know, we cut the commercial. We come back. You know, uh, Jonathan's looking for Clark. Martha says he's gone. He's going to go look for him. And then Chloe drives up just in time to save the day. Uh, I wonder if this. I mean, hmm. Three hours from Metropolis. I'm not going to do that. Oh yeah. 
No, by this point, it was just like 12 miles away. I guess so, right? It's, just, it's a small town right outside the city, as Lionel describes it in Season 7. Yeah. Uh, so, Chloe's connection has found out who who had held the teacup, basically. We don't find out, right? Jonathan, like, right. even Chloe's like, even me, you know, master of the wall and weird, found this one pretty weird. And he looks at it, and we know it's, like, going to be a big deal, right? Uh, but then we cut to uh, the inside of the cave, and... Uh, 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 Clark and Kara are doing their Wonder Twin Powers Activate thing, and the uh, the, the fissure opens up, and uh, we, you know it's this blinding light. And and strangely, that shot is like the first two pages of the Smallville Visual Guide <laughs> yeah. that I wrote. <laughs> why why are all the promotional images of this episode like from the last scene? <laughs> like, come on, guys. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, anyway, they, they open the portal and. Um, and I and again I I'm gonna say that this is the new room from season four, with the with the slab with you put the crystals of power in and blah blah blah. Uh, I'm gonna go with that. But anyway, uh, Jonathan shows up and he's like Clark. She's she's not a Kryptonian. Chloe looked it up. It's her name's Lindsay Harrison. She, he's yelling because it's loud in there, I guess. But anyway, I, I don't need to yell. Uh, her name's Lindsay Harrison. I like how he says she was arrested for shoplifting. Well, that's how they had her fingerprint. Right. And so it's like, I find it amusing. Like, that's the crime they thought was like, okay, uh, we want to, she has to have be quote unquote in the system, but we don't want to make her too bad. <laughs> so right. we'll say she was arrested for, I don't know, shop, shoplifting. Winona Ryder's a shoplifter. Everybody still loves her. We can get away with that. So uh, her car got hit with a direct hit from the meteor and they never found her body. You know, I think I'll take a screenshot of this obituary, by the way, and post it just because I, I paused it. And there actually is it's not gibberish. Some of it actually is written. So it's just it is interesting. And they have, uh, you know, Adrian Pilecki's like a headshot or something in the, in the article there. Nice. Uh, but uh, it looks that way to me anyway. But uh, instead of getting instead of getting powers or something, she was just I don't know. Her body was taken into the cave and just kept for safekeeping. OK, explain this to me, Craig. How how did this take place okay here's my feeling jor-el like found you know whatever found Lindsay harrison's body was able to suck it into the cave and just kept it in stasis for 16 years just in case his teenage son didn't want to come with him he would re- he would yes. wipe this girl's or mind. yeah or maybe it just like it took her imprint kind of like phoenix and gene gray in the comics uh, maybe. I don't know. Well, you know, regardless, this is a plus one for amnesia because Lindsay doesn't know who she is, and a plus, and a plus one for under the influence because she's under the influence of Jorel. But yeah, see, here's the thing: I always thought, that, okay, Jorel, like the the Jorel AI, came with the ship and the key, right? And then the ship blew up, but it was still in the key. And then when he put Clark put the key in the cave, he went into the cave, right? Okay. Uh, but if he was already in the cave. Like, like, who physically, like, drug her into the cage? It doesn't make Dr. any Swan. sense. <laughs> Dr. Swan. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, man. I like, don't care. Uh, this episode was awesome. Okay, I, but there are some... Okay, very well, but there are some serious plot holes here. <laughs> I don't care. The episode was awesome. <laughs> all right, all right, okay. I'm going to... I'll tweet it out golf and be like, where was she? <laughs> Please. Who we, took her in there? It's we been- need answers, Miles and Al. Uh... But the episode gets a lot more awesome because we hear Terrence Stamp. He's back as Jor-El. Terrence Stamp returns. Near and, before uh, Zod. Yeah, he's like, come to me, Kalel. He sounds more Zod here than any other time, you know. But uh, but he vaporizes Lindsay here, right? Yeah. So no more Supergirl, right? So, oops, I guess that wasn't the real one, huh, Craig? 
Yeah, I guess not. I mean, they'll just have to get a hotter one like four years later. <laughs> well, that's debatable. But uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, do not diss. Laura Vanderwart's my queen. Well, they're both beautiful women. I'm just saying. Uh, so he starts. Uh, the I like the Kryptonian like tentacle that comes out. You know, uh, it kind of fits the technology we saw earlier with like the uh, when they're talking to him in the void or whatever. Uh, the the tendrils of energy. So I like how yeah. that's coming out and choking Jonathan. Now, this is Jor-El. He, he's straight up evil Jor-El here. But, but you know, I've talked about this with a few guests, and I, I like the approach that Jor-El was kind of not the nice... Like, it's a fresh approach, you know? That he was kind of a questionable guy, you know, more like Zod than our traditional Jor-El. And, and much like Lex has Lionel, Clark has Jor-El, and they have to overcome their, you know, their their biology what, to be better people. Whatever the hell is going on here. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So, but yeah, so uh, you had a story about the Supergirls here. Now that the Supergirls gone, did you want yeah, to Yeah, no, out? what I was going to say is I thought one of the big missed opportunities of Smallville later on was that they never mentioned the other Kara. Like, I, if when real Kara showed up, I would have wanted to find out, like, then was that character that Jorel brought over based on the real Kara? Like, I think, or they could have, I don't know, I think it just would have been interesting to play with that story as part of the history and the mythology of the series. And it would have given the other Kara something to do. Well, there, there's one line of dialogue in season seven where Clark goes to the foresters. He says, he tells Jarell, there's a girl named Kara that showed up at my doorstep. The last time that happened, you had something to do with it or something along those lines, you know. And Jarell says, yeah. Jarell says, I have nothing to do with her arrival. Like, Jarell doesn't like this Kara. You know, uh, the new one, as opposed to this one, who he likes a lot. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, Adrian Pilecki was never going to come back on Smallville, right? Why not? Well, because she got vaporized. So the character, he would never come back to this character. Yeah, but Jarrell could make a new one. <laughs> make it. <laughs> okay. I mean, how many times did Brainiac come back? Well, all right, maybe so. Uh, Krypton works in mysterious ways, I guess. But anyways, that, that's the end of this iteration of Supergirl. And we didn't get to see her very much, but at the time it was like a big deal. Just know? wait till the DC crossover next month when Adrian Palicki will show up as Power Girl. <laughs> I'm be, kidding, I think. That, that would be really inside baseball and really amazing. I, I think it'd be great. Well, we need to talk about that, but after we're done talking about this episode. For sure, for sure. So... Okay. uh Jonathan's getting strangled here by Jarrell, and he's like, "Go ahead, son. I don't care what Jarrell does to me. I, I lived a full life. You go be free." And he's like, "I'll never be free." So Clark kind of accepts the fact that he needs to go into the fissure, right? Spoiler well, warning: You're gonna die in two years, Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> what a waste. So it, I think it's supposed to be Clark walks into the fissure, but yeah. it kind of sucks him in without him moving. So it's like, like the Thanos now. <laughs> it is. He gets kind of disintegrated that way. You digitized, you know. It, it sucked in. I, I, I think maybe they didn't get the coverage they needed that day. Like they needed a shot of Tom Welling walking towards the opening, but they didn't get it. He's just standing there, and he gets sucked in. And then the tendril, everything turns off. The cave closes, and Jonathan's just left there, um, passed out. And then, and then we get like the best ending montage you will see in any season of any television show. Don't be correct. It's amazing. You know, just, and also I should give you some trivia about when Lionel's getting his head shaved, one of the people shaving his head, I believe his name was Rick Ferrasi. Uh, he was actually the security guard on the Smallville lot. And he appears in the prison fight, I think in Transference, I think it was. Oh, so that's good continuity there, huh? <laughs> yeah, but he's the one that shaved Lionel's hair. 
in that scene. So, you know, um, and also, you know, that was like, you know, him lose, Lionel losing his mane. But just everything going down, I mean, you were just left wondering, you know, you have the fire on the field that makes the weird symbol. And you have, uh, well, we'll get to Chloe. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think I really think what makes this whole montage though is the music. It's Mozart's Requiem oh, yeah. in D, and it made it's so epic, you know. Uh, and so you have, yeah. Well, we can go down in here. We have we have Lionel shaving his head, and that made him look more like you know Lex Luthor. And and uh, you know, in, in Smallville, the official companion, season three, available wherever books are sold. Uh, Al Goff says that that was John Glover's idea. He was doing a play in Philadelphia for the summer and needed to cut his hair, and said, "What if we did it in?" prison on the show and i went to go see that play about a month later but, you did okay yeah, very we'll cool. get to that as well no that's cool but uh but so <laughs> he looks he shaves his head and he looks like lex here from right and you know did this fuel the fire more than jesse eisenberg yeah <laughs> absolutely batman versus superman totally ripped off this scene like exactly like, uh, oh my god they ripped off so the dc ex- whatever they call universe or eu or whatever they call it like ripped off so Actors, scenes, <laughs> the DC, ew, ew. Uh, totally. This is exactly what I thought of when when, uh, when the end of Batman versus Superman he shaved yeah. his head. But but anyway, uh, there was a lot of fan speculation that, and this is this is kind of crazy talk, right? But that Lionel would would like become Lex or something, something like some kind of brain switch or something because he's like the more villainous one. And, I've never heard that, but I've heard that would be a great episode if him and Clark switched for <laughs> Well, that, see, that, that that added even more fuel to the fire, because that was kind of Lionel's plan. He was going to switch bodies with Lex uh, to, to escape uh, his prison and his disease. But yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's a cra- that's just this is crazy fan theory. You know, and I was talking about this uh, another episode this season. We were talking about it. And, like, if, if Lionel and Lex were, like, to switch bodies and, like, the Lionel that the, the, this Lionel Luther becomes the Lex Luthor of the future. That would just undermine all the character development between Clark and. That would Lex. be like if somebody made Lex forget his entire journey. Of the- <laughs> and and that Craig is exactly what I said when we were talking about it. It would be, it would be the worst creative decision ever, just to erase Lex's mind. But uh, there there is a precedent for stuff like that in the comics, though, right? You know, there's comics where Luther switches bodies and brains. Oh, like Lex Luthor so, Junior yeah. was Lex Luthor. Who, who was visually an inspiration for Lionel Luther? So anyway, I can see it's a fun kind of fan rabbit hole theory to go down, but they would never, ever, ever do that in a thousand years. I mean, they'll have Chloe become Lois. Yes, yes, exactly. The next one is Chloe goes to the safe house, right? And, and uh, here's the thing that makes no sense. Well, two things. Number mm-hmm. one, is this the last time we actually see Gabe? It is. Maybe he didn't make it out of the safe house. <laughs> but number two... You see Chloe just then walking in with her reflection in the door when the explosion goes off. Yeah, they really compressed that time for this episode. And they really extend it quite a bit and gone when they reveal that she didn't really die. Yeah, uh, so that's a bit. You know, some I did notice this time. Though, uh, by the way, Robert Wise in his last appearance is Gabe. Great to see him. I don't know why he just like disappeared from the show. They forgot he existed. Hired yeah. from acting. Oh, okay, he did. Okay, well, he yeah. he was a good actor because I've seen him. He's in a, he's in a couple episodes of the X Files. And he's a great and he villain. Was in Watchmen as Richard Nixon. <laughs> he, was it? Was that him? That might have been his last acting job. But okay. yeah, because I asked why he wasn't in Bride, mm-hmm. and the response I got from one of the writers was, "Oh, Gabe's still alive." And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> that vaunted Smallville continuity. But anyway, I noticed that when Chloe looks back at the FBI car, it's about to drive off. It is Loader's partner from Legacy. Huh. 
So I had never noticed that before. And I was like, oh, okay, so he was in on it, and he, he's why the house blew up, I bet. Uh, because he's the guy, he's the guy that, that's talking to Lex about, you know, Virgil Swan and Clark and Lionel and all this stuff and Legacy. Yeah, I was so. actually watching for, like, a hint. Like, mm-hmm. was there a scene with Lex telling Chloe what's going on that we just didn't see on camera? You know, yeah. that's what I was thinking yeah. when I'm watching it. Yeah, I mean, he had warned but, her earlier in the episode, but nothing like this, you know. But again, uh, that was... Uh, but yeah, that was, so that was great. And you think you think Chloe's dead? I mean, yeah. Well, I, I've got more to say about that, but we need to get through the other cliffhangers first. Yeah, so, so we got that one. Uh, we have Lex being poisoned again with the poison drink. Lex, if I were Lex, I would not drink alcohol in my home ever again, right? Because how many right. times has he been poisoned through his through his brandy? Or and whatever? I have a picture that was taken about you know at that play that I saw Glover in in Philly, mm-hmm. where he's giving me an alcohol like. Glover offered me a drink, and I'm like, I saw what you did to Lex. I don't want a drink. <laughs> so we good. took a picture of him, like, feeding me a drink, <laughs> which good. I have somewhere, which is pretty amazing. That's awesome, man. Uh, so so that's <laughs> that one. And obviously, they're not going to kill Lex Luthor. So you think, okay, he's safe. I mean, in the last season's cliffhanger was, oh, is Lex going to die? I mean, like, enough of that, guys. It's Lex Luthor, right? They're not yeah. going to kill off Lex Luthor on small of it. What are you, an idiot? Anyway, uh, you get it? Because they, they did kill him off? That was a... yeah. Like a all right, tough crowd. <laughs> so, so our last our last cliffhanger is the fire in the Kent Field, which to me was the most bizarre of all. Like, why is there a fire in the Kent Field, Greg Swingman? So it sets off Marco Kidder to come to town later. <sighs> okay, well, that why? I, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but for the same stupid reason Clark burned hope into the side of the barn in Rosetta. Like, there's no reason for these things, these symbols to appear, you know, on their barn. Like, spontaneously. How did that? Anyway, there are plot holes. This is a good episode, but there are major I'm plot sorry, holes. This episode I, is awesome. I don't <laughs> care about the plot holes. All right. Well, anyway, we got all that. We see that John, Jonathan's still passed out on the floor of the cave. So he's he's in a coma or something. Right. And then, and then we got our final last shot, which you like a lot, of Clark, right? Yeah, because I love that, like, when they pull away, it looks like the S. He's a little S inside the shield, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, oh, this is so good. But where is he? The only thing that could beat that would be, like, him, like, imprisoned in the Phantom Zone and flying towards the TV. Mm -hmm, Which they do in Season 5, which is a great episode. I know. Spoiler. (laughs) We already spoiled so much of this show already on this conversation. So, uh, so yeah, and that's, uh, that's, oh, and then Lionel, you gotta love his, like, the music stops and he says, thank you. (laughs) That was so good. So what I want to tell you about is I happened to be on the East Coast visiting when this episode aired. And um, as soon as it was over, I had like 10 text messages lighting up my phone. Like, did they just kill Chloe? From people who actually thought Chloe was dead. Because nowadays, I think people would figure it out pretty easily that she wasn't. And I remember at Comic-Con that summer, right before season four, they brought Allison to Comic-Con, but she kept up this facade that Chloe was dead. It's like, yeah, it was fun being on the show, but now I'm dead. But then I remember at one point in the press room, she's like, Jensen Ackles is so hot. And I'm like, how would you know? You haven't worked with him. And she's like, well, I'm friends with Kristen, and she told me. And I'm just like, Chris, or Allison, you're a good actress for your horrible liar. <laughs> but then, of course... Two things that kind of ruined it was, number one, they released a season four photo gallery, which included Chloe. 
And uh, the, the other thing was they did like a weird like WB fall preview thing, which included a clip from the third episode of season four. Uh so and that was with Lana and Chloe. So they did. They, so they did. They put so much effort out there to keep it a secret, and they still left it up. That's a shame. So. Yeah, it's it's kind of like I remember talking uh, Miles at a roundtable right before season seven. He mentioned Lana, who was supposed to be dead, and I was nice. I didn't report on what he said, but somebody else did. Well, see, now at that point, you're that deep in the show. Like, there's no way they're going to kill Lana the same. That was a very similar situation, honestly, to this. And yeah. There's no no way in a hundred thousand years that they were going to kill Lana in that way on that show. But here at the end of season three, I I would have believed that Chloe would have died in this way because we didn't know Chloe wasn't in the comics. You know, she was a blank slate for the future. Uh, they had been hinting that she'd have a bad end, and this would have been it. You know, so I would have you know if they did leave her dead, I'd be like, well, I mean that yeah. I mean, <laughs> especially when they brought Lois Lane on the very next episode. Yeah, and then, you know, and then some people back in the. All the people with the clothes through, right? Like, oh, that's right. She's she's gonna go into witness protection and she's gonna come back. She's gonna be Lois Lane, you know. Like, there were people like at school that I was talking to about this. Like, I had told them about this theory before, and they thought it was BS, right? But then after this episode, they're like, oh man, you're totally right. She's gonna come back. She's gonna be Lois Lane. I was like, I told you. But of course, I remember that summer though. It was right before the press tour. It came out that you know there's a new character, Jason Teague, coming in, and then it was like Lois Lane. And it's gonna be this actress, Erica Durant. And that was like the news of the summer. Remember, right before season four, you had the posters of Clark flying. Right. And it's like it was only a matter of time before Lois. Yeah, and it's them in like the cornfield or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was a great photo shoot. Uh, yeah, it's like it became a totally new series, which you didn't like as much. But <laughs> Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On the WB Wednesday, Smallville, Kansas. 25,000 people. One legend. Not even human. In the making. Don't underestimate farm boys. All new Smallville on the WB Wednesday and catch Smallville beginning 7, 6 central on the WB's Big Sunday. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Own the third season of Smallville on DVD. Hello, Clark. I'm from Krypton. Clark's world is shattered. I'll never be who you want me to be! By the world he left behind. Get action-packed extras by the third season of Smallville, now on DVD. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Covenant got a 9.2 out of 10 on IMDb. And the Superman homepage gave it a 4.5 out of 5. So, Craig, I ask you, out of the letter grade scale, what would you give Covenant? Watching Covenant again today, it was like a reminder of what I love about Smallville. I felt like none of the characters, the main cast, were like weak links this time. You know, sometimes it's like, why is this character even in this episode? I wasn't feeling it in a negative way there. I liked all the payoff from earlier in the season. But, you know, I also just have to say, especially the first three seasons, I liked the episodic storytelling in that you didn't have to watch like every week to be able to follow it. Like even this finale... All you had to do is like, oh, Supergirl's in this finale, and you'll tune in, and boom. You don't need like five episodes of backstory. So it sounds like you're going to give it an A+. Plus. Oh, I'm giving it an A+. Plus. <laughs> Th- this is peak Smallville, so yay. 
you know, as we've gone back and forth here, I've I've pointed out some plot holes, um, but they don't sink the episode for me. I think just the execution and the good writing and and is very evident and and just the payoff. You know, it feels like a it feels like a good payoff this whole season. Like it's been working towards this. The Supergirl, yeah. to me, it does feel kind of random. They just drop Supergirl in here or a you know a version of her, but uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let that go. And I'm going to give this one an A minus, still an A, uh, but an A minus for me. So A plus for you, A minus for me. The other thing I wanted to point out when watching this, compared to like the superhero shows of, that are on now, I feel like once you got to the season three finale, you had already been on a long journey with Smallville. We've had three seasons of Supergirl. We've had three seasons of Legends of Horror, which I love, but it doesn't feel like it's been that long of a journey that makes any sense at all. I mean, arrow arrow is the one show that does feel like a journey to me. Uh, that's because just because season three and four were a slog, <laughs> but well, the flashbacks help too, I think, but I, I see your point. Yeah. It's just, I feel like, you know, like there's been so much character development, maybe not with Clark necessarily, but like with like Lex and Lionel and Chloe and even Lana that you really built to something. And, you know, obviously this episode had a lot of payoff. And, you know, I mean, the show hasn't gotten to the point yet where they're shuffling their feet. They're like, maybe we can milk 10 seasons out of this show. <laughs> Looking at the tally board here, quite a few tallies. Uh, we have a plus one for Amnesia Count because Lindsay became Kara. Uh, and that brings us to 20. We have a plus one for a blue shirt, red jacket. Because Clark yep. wore his pseudo-Superman costume that brings us to 15. We have a plus one for Chloe's unseen connections. Uh, that brings us to 17 because she called her guy to find out about uh, Lindsay's fingerprints. Did Lana kill anybody this week? Lana did not kill anyone. Sorry, Matt Trips. Her <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, we have a plus one for, for episode title set in episode because uh, Karis has covenant. So we have 23. Nice. We have a plus one for Under the Influence uh, because uh, Kara was under Jor-El's influence. So that makes us, that's 23 as well. And then I have a, I have a last one. I want, I want to help you. Uh, you can help me decide on this, Craig. Uh, okay. Was, was, was Lindsay a Smallville high school student? And if so, should we count her death as such in this episode? I don't know for sure, but I feel like it was in the Smallville visual guide that I wrote. Okay. I'm going to say yes, she was. Because right. I, I, if, if you grew up in Smallville, you went to Smallville High. I have that on my shelf, but I'm not going to get up. Uh, I'm going to go with... Me neither. <laughs> go with your recommendation. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm going to add a plus one for a Smallville High School student death, which brings us up to 12. Because as Jor-El said, she served her purpose. So Okay, maybe Cara, Cara Lindsay Harrison is like a zombie version of Lindsay. That was just kept... Well, either way, she's dead. So for now, there you go. For, she's not coming back. All right, just so. wait till season eleven airs on DC Universe next year. Oh my goodness gracious! Uh, so we have a Bechtel no. test fail this episode, don't we, Craig? Because yeah, they're talking about guys. Yeah, or or don't even have any. I don't think two women have oh, any wait. scenes together. No. no. Yeah. I don't think we have any scenes with two women. In no, the... we do not. Well, except for Martha and. But that's a group scene. So. Yeah, and same with uh, Kara and Lana. That's right. Scene. That's right. Oh, oh well. well, there you have it. That was Covenant, huh? I want to just talk about, before we're done, 
the notion that the Arrowverse crossover is going to the Kent farm this year, which is amazing. Like, and I was thinking about that when I was watching too. I'm like, there are the steps that Grant Gustin was walking down in Melissa Bonoy's Instagram. I love that. Like I, so the episodes air December 9th to 11th, um, which is probably a few weeks after this episode will run of the podcast. I don't think we're going to see any Smallville actors this time, but maybe in the future. Um, but still, it's going to be awesome to see the Kent Farm again. I never expected to see the Kent Farm again on TV. Look, I'll be honest with you. Kent Farm, that's cool, whatever. Uh, John Wesley Ship in the 1990s Flash uh, costume uh, as Barry Allen. I assume I assume he's that Flash, and he's not like Jay Garrick in a new costume. I'll be kind of pissed if that's the case, honestly. So that's what I'm most excited well, also- about. It sounds like the Batwoman stuff they're filming in Chicago where they did the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Oh, so you're saying they're trying to tie those in that way. So I think that, like, Mark Guggenheim had a tweet of, like, the Wayne Corp building or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's the same building they used in The Dark Knight and mm-hmm. Batman. Interesting. Very so interesting. we're getting these visual cues, which is pretty amazing. And uh, I hope they linger in Smallville. I mean... I will die if they end up going in the house. It looks like the house. <laughs> like if they have the green fly swatter, I'll be dead, so I won't be able to do this and, like podcast and, over and again. And they have the uh, they have the picture of uh, of Lara on the shelf. Uh, <laughs> it's like, hey, that looks like my adopted mom. <laughs> I just I just love the fact that the house got flattened by a meteor, and yet it was perfectly rebuilt. <laughs> we t- we talked about that. I guess it was legacy. Like yeah. they find the picture of Lara. <laughs> they crashed the house. That's so funny. Oh, anyway, boy. that's good. So stuff, yeah, we man. have a lot to look forward to as Smallville fans. We do, and I'm sure there's like a half dozen conventions Tom Welling's doing in the next month. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, well, speaking of the uh, speaking of the uh, CWS worlds, uh, Craig and I will be back with a special episode to talk about that. Uh, oh, we will. We will. That's breaking news to you. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> but uh, we'll be back to talk about that in a very special episode. Unless they're barely at the Kent farm, in which case I'm just Yeah, well, screw it. But uh, anyway, look forward to that, listeners. So, Craig, before you sign off, man, where can people find you out there on the internet? Do I have to just tell people Krypton Sites still exists? You can, you can, you may. I need to make t-shirts that say that. (laughs) You should. Yeah, so Krypton Site, K-Site TV, Green Arrow TV, places like that, you can find me and come say hi. And check it out, because he's doing some great coverage of all these CW... And non-CW superhero shows, or just genre shows that there, we all know there, and love. There are too many superhero shows right now. I mean, I think it's also part of what made Smallville so special is it was the only one of its kind Definitely. for so long. And so it could focus on itself. And like I said, you're going into this episode, you're not thinking, oh, they're bringing Supergirl on so they can do a spinoff for her next year. Whereas you got like the CW crossovers, like, oh, Batwoman's going to get her own show. <laughs> Exactly. Oh boy. Bye, Smallville writer Caroline Dries. Dries. Anyway. Yeah. Well, that's it, guys. We did it. It took us about three years. We got through three seasons. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back next week talking about something. I'm not sure what we're going to talk about in between seasons. We always do a couple of special episodes before that. But then we'll be back talking about Crusade. But until then, always hold on to Smallville.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. Always Hold On to Smallville is part of the Always Hold On To Network of Podcasts and brought to you by listeners like you. You can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash alwaysmallville with one S. Hope to see you there. Always Hold On to Smallville's theme music is by Lance Laster and our podcast art. It's by Tom Gerke. You can follow us on Twitter at Always Smallville with one S. You can find us on Facebook at Always Hold On To Smallville. And you can send us an email at alwaysmallville at gmail.com once again with one S. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.